This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Star Diary, the podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. You can subscribe to the print edition of the magazine by visiting skyatnightmagazine.com or to our digital edition by visiting iTunes or Google Play. Greetings listeners and welcome to Star Diary, a weekly guide to the best things to see in the Northern Hemisphere's night sky. As we are based here in the UK, all times are in BST. In this episode, we'll be covering the coming week from the 15th to the 21st of May. I'm Ezzy Pearson, the magazine's features editor, and I'm joined once again by our reviews editor, Paul Money. Hello, Paul. Hello, where is he? It's uh, good to be back again. Hopefully, a few more features and things to look out for this week. Yes, absolutely. So what do we have to look forward to in this week? Well, I'm going to break with tradition. I mean, we normally do the evening sky first, but no, let's let's start 4 a.m. in the morning, May the mm. 15th. But uh, now we start the week because we've got, got Saturn, east, south, east. You want to be looking for Saturn. It's, it's getting better place now. It's pulling out of the solar glare, although, of course, the nights are getting gradually lighter. But Saturn's mm-hmm. bright enough. It doesn't matter too much for that. But way off to its far left, closer to the eastern horizon, is the crescent moon. And I love those early morning crescents. They are worth getting up for, to be honest. You do Mm. need an uncluttered horizon, to be fair. Uh, But in the bright morning twilight, you have this gorgeous crescent moon, but you've also got the earth shine. This is a great time to get the earth shine on the moon. Um, So you've got the combination of the sort of gorgeous colours of the morning twilight, the earth shine and the crescent moon, actually, as well. So, uh, But this is sort of like getting into the last few a day or two before we lose the moon to new and it's back into the evening sky and talking of the evening sky well you know what i'm gonna say yes and it applies all week venus is going is still dominating but with the light skies you know we're getting the night skies pulling out sort of thing so we're getting the lighter skies and so, you know, Venus is slowly going to start dropping back. We're going to have it for another couple of months, but, you know, it, it is still there. So enjoy it while you can sort of thing. And the phase is diminishing. But it is bright, minus 4.3, so uh, pretty bright as such. And in actual fact, this week, it lies close to and passes Epsilon Geminorum, also known as Mabzuta, if I've got that pronounced right. <laughs> I never know about pronunciation of these things. It's actually closest on the 16th. 
So uh, look out for that sort of thing because it's a nice star as well. So sort of it's one of those dominant ones of the actual the figure of Castor because of course the Gemini is the twins, the two brothers Castor and Gemini. The right hand side is the figure, the stick figure of Castor, and of course uh, Metzuta is where you've got sort of. Like, I always think it's like the 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 hip type bit where the the legs spread out sort of thing for the uh, bottom of the actual constellation. So Venus is heading towards there, so towards Metzuta, and on the sixteenth it's quite close to it. Meanwhile, Mars has moved out of Gemini and it moves into Cancer this week. So. It does briefly form a straight line with Pollux and Castor. I mean, it literally is a real straight line because they're going to be similar brightnesses, sort of thing. It'd be quite prominent, sort of thing. So instead of two, and when I always look at Gemini, I definitely see the twins. I see the two bright stars and they're quite prominent. But now there'll be a third one and that'll be Mars. And that again occurs on the 16th. But of course, Mars and Venus will be here all week in the evening sky. So even if you don't get a clear sky on that particular night, sort of thing, there'll be the, uh, hopefully a clear night sometime during the week. We can always hope, can't we? Now, May the 17th, we do swap back to the morning sky. And the thing about this is it is a real challenge. And we, we, we always have to do these warnings and quite rightly too, because I'm looking at a really, really thin crescent moon, 4.30 in the morning. And the reason why I'm looking at it is it's about 30 minutes before sunrise. So this is why you have to be careful not to overdo it, not to sweep up the sun. Make sure you stop before the sun has risen. But the point about this is that you've got this very, very thin crescent moon. But at the same time, Jupiter is beginning to emerge out of the solar glare. It's deep in the solar glare at the moment, but you might just be able to pick it out. And having the moon and then seeing a star, I mean, there'll be no other stars in that area of sky visible because of the light sky. So if you see a star to the left of the moon, you've got Jupiter rising. So it's emerging now finally back into the morning sky. So it really is difficult and you do need an uncluttered clear horizon. Um, you've got to be very careful because obviously you don't want to leave it too long and times will vary throughout the UK. So the further north, the sky will be lighter, the sun will rise earlier. So do take that into account. So we don't want you sweeping up the sun if you're using binoculars. But if you do find the moon, you should be able to find Jupiter and there'll be a good sight in binoculars as well. But do take care trying to spot it. So I, I like challenges like this, but we, we, you have to be careful. You know, you have to use common sense and you do have to be careful when it comes to something like this. As you said, when you are viewing something in the morning sky, because when you're viewing something in the evening sky and it's close to sunset, once the sun's gone down, you know it's not going to come back up again. But with sunrise, you do need to have, you know, build in a, a fair window, um, look up exactly when sunrise is going to be in your exact location, and then add some extra time on there as a buffer to be sure that you're not accidentally going to catch something in your optics because we don't want anybody to hurt their eyes. Exactly. I mean, and look towards the east. The east, the, the sun will be well off to the sort of northeast side where it rises. So if you concentrate east and sort of in that area around there, you should sweep up the moon. Let's say be very, very careful. There will, of course, be the earth shine again. But I always find when you get the moon that low, you've got such a bright sky, it sort of like starts to fade into mm. the background sky itself. So it'll be interesting to see what your, your thoughts are and whether you observe the earth shine as well on such a bright sky uh, as well. 
And also, later in the day on the 17th of May, we do have something. It's not happening in the night sky. It's actually going to happen in the day sky, which is an occultation of Jupiter by the moon. Now, occultations do happen relatively regularly, but it's not very often that people are looking for one in the daytime sky. But Jupiter is a fairly bright minus 1.9 and the moon is a crescent, so you should hopefully be able to see both of them during the day. But obviously, if you need to be careful of the sun rising and accidentally catching it in your binoculars, you need to be doubly careful when the sun is up and high in the sky. So this occultation is going to occur between 11.30 to 5.30 BST. But if you're in the UK, it's only going to be visible if you're in the very north. So if you are in most of Scotland and the northernmost tip of Ireland, will be able to see this occultation. If you're on that border, though, you might see what's known as, uh, you might be in what's known as the Greys Zone, which is where the planet appears to just brush past the uh, moon rather than disappearing behind it. But for those of us in England uh, or Wales or most of Ireland, then unfortunately you will just see Jupiter passing very close to the moon instead of disappearing behind it. But I'd still be excited by that. (laughs) I know, I'm still going to be on the lookout for it. It will be relatively easy to see in the day sky. It will be due south and about 47 degrees in altitude. So hopefully, even if you're at work, it might be above all of the buildings. Uh, Possibly if you're in a city centre with a bunch of high rises, you might have to be a bit more um, careful about where you are trying to see this. Do be careful, though, because the sun is going to be 27 degrees away. The best way to avoid catching the sun in this case is to try and find a spot where you can see the moon and Jupiter, but you're in a shadow. Because if you're in a shadow, then you're not accidentally going to get the sun coming through your optics. Of course, do be careful. Um, even then make sure you've got somebody who's paying attention to where the shadows are because you don't want to get caught up in the moment looking through your eyepiece and then not notice that the the sun has moved Um, because that does happen. So again, be careful of the sun. But maybe there might be some people out there who will get the chance to see the occultation of Jupiter in the daytime. Now, new moon, of course, takes place. And then I think that's on the 19th of May. Uh, I'm getting confused with it on in back in April when, of course, there was an eclipse. Mm-hmm. Got lots of friends who went out to Australia to see that sort of thing. So one of those things. I wish I would love to do that again, see an eclipse of the sun. But uh, I'll, I've got a long time to wait before it happens in the UK. <laughs> a very long time to wait. But we end the week with the moon is new on the 19th and emerges back into the evening twilight. So he's done a complete circuit round this month. Sort of thing. We're heading back into uh, Venus territory, as I call it at the moment. But it is in the twilight. It will be a crescent again. So again, you get a second chance to have another look at the actual evening twilight sort of thing and the, uh, the actual earth shine taking place as well on the moon. And interesting, love, we will ask, we've lost the Pleiades, sadly. We will have lost the Pleiades. But the Moon, Venus, Mars, and now the Beehive Cluster forms nearly a straight line. So you go from the Moon, low down in sort of the, the northwest, to Venus in the west-northwest, to Mars in, and the, uh, the Beehive Cluster in the west itself as well. So now Mars is in Cancer. It's heading. It looks like it's heading for that cluster. So uh, we're well worth keeping an eye on that. And Venus, she's trying to catch it up, but it's not going to succeed. 
but it does form an interesting triangle, a very long isosceles triangle with Castor and Pollock sort of thing. So Venus is the apex pointing down towards the horizon itself. So there we go. You want to be looking around about 10 o'clock now. You notice how the times have gradually got later sort of thing, because the skies are getting lighter as we head towards the summer skies. So, you know, it's well worth it. But I think we've got, we've technically got four planetary bodies because you've got to include the Earth as well. But we've got the crescent moon, we've got Venus and we've got Mars. And then we've got the cluster as well, the beehive cluster as well to have a view at. So uh, not quite as many events this week, but that's how it goes. You know, <laughs> it's it's one of those things in the night sky. And uh, sometimes, uh, you know, we, we have a bit of a, a scarcity of planets, as I say, at the moment. We've only really got, I mean, three that are easily visible. So we've got Venus, Mars and uh, Saturn. But, you know, from next week onwards, we'll have Jupiter better. Some more to look forward to. <laughs> Absolutely. So, in summary, throughout the week, Venus is going to be in the constellation of Gemini in the evening sky. On the 15th uh, in the morning, Saturn will be in Aquarius. Also a good time to look out for some Earthshine on the moon. The 16th, Mars will be forming a line with the stars Castor and Pollux in Gemini. The 17th, just before sunrise, Jupiter is going to start emerging from the solar glare. But do be careful that you don't accidentally catch the light of the sun through your optics. And then on the 21st of May, Venus and Mars will be visible in the twilight as the twilight is fading. So lots there to see throughout the week. Um, and if you want to catch up with even more things to see in the night sky, do be sure to subscribe to Star Diary Podcast. And we will see you all here next week. If you want to find out even more spectacular sights that will be gracing the night sky throughout the month, be sure to pick up a copy of BBC Sky at Night magazine, where we have a 16-page pull-out sky guide with a full overview of everything worth looking up for. Whether you like to look at the moon, the planets, or the deep sky, whether you use binoculars, telescopes, or neither, our sky guide has got you covered with the detailed star charts to help you track your way across the night sky. From all of us here at BBC Sky at Night magazine, goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Star Diary podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at skyatnightmagazine.com or head to Acast, iTunes or Spotify. 